When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason i'm back from the senior bowl and we have some football to talk about today and of course as you can tell by the title and my mood we're talking about the senior bowl today i'm gonna go through both rosters american and national team and tell you what you need to know about every single fantasy football relevant player that i got to lay my eyes upon last week so go ahead take out your coffee sit back relax and enjoy the show ladies and gentlemen so glad to see you again and shout out to everyone that filled in for me last week we had fantastic episodes from ahan a fantastic episode from jack a fantastic episode from the Podfather and a fantastic episode from Seth. Shout out to all of them for stepping up for me last week, allowing me to go down to one of the best events and just you know, experiences that I've had my entire life. This Reese's Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. I cannot describe how valuable that event just in general is. Really, just it all. It you learn so much that week. And I would just highly, highly recommend it to anyone that is listening, that's a content creator, or even just wants to go lay their own eyes onto potential prospects to find values in their own draft. The Senior Bowl, guys. So much to talk about, so much to learn. It was just I, it, it indescribably valuable. From seeing players in practice, from seeing players in the media, from even just seeing a player stand next to another player, you can learn so much. And it's not even just about that. It's the other creators you can meet. I had the pleasure of spending the entire week with Roster Watch, Alex Dunlap, and Cody Carpentier. They were just a sponge of taking in their knowledge of what they could tell me last week, the places we went. I even got to meet, you know, Ray from Destination Devi, formerly Player Profiler. I got to rub elbows with Upper Hand Fantasy, one of our great friends at Instagram. Fantasy Guys was there. Fantasy Pros was there. Everyone was there at the Senior Bowl. So I just, I can't shout it out enough. I even went out to dinner one night with Cody and Alex and freaking Ian Rappaport and Albert Breer and Andrew Siciliano and all those people were just chilling at the same restaurant, the same bar restaurant that we're at. It is just, it is just so cool. Like I, I just, I can't, I can't get over it enough. So I just want to, again, shout out everyone for filling in for me last week on Wake and Take. Shout out the social media team for allowing me to cover it. And most of all, shout out Player Profiler and the Podfather for sending me. Just cannot thank them enough for, for this opportunity. It was just such a fun time. But now that I've, you know, kind of gone through this intro and everything, I know you guys want to get into the meat of potatoes. I know you guys want to hear about what I saw. And I've got the rosters right here. The rosters in front of me. This is just one day of the rosters. And I'm going to go, you know, player by player, really. We're going to get into this. Uh, before we go too, for, too much further, I do just want to say, if you go follow me on Twitter, at JFootballWine, the letter JFootballWine, I published a ton of videos that I recorded from the week on both practices, published you know, interviews, takeaways, all that stuff. I'm still working on editing some interviews as well, but tons of stuff over on my Twitter. And also, if you want a little bit more in depth, I published an article this weekend, my all senior bowl offense, uh, a highlighted one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, as well as a couple honorable mentions. If you want to get a bit more depth, a bit more understanding of some of my true standouts. But yeah, now let's go ahead that I've gone over that. Let's do it. We'll start with the national team as they practice first. 
We'll go with the national team here. And guys, my first thing I've got to talk about, we'll start with the quarterbacks. Every single quarterback at the senior bowl, every single quarterback at the senior bowl, American national team, you name it, they were not great. It was a disappointment. You could see it on the faces of the analysts there. You could see it on the quarterbacks themselves. No one was proud with how they performed. And if you could go around and around and around and ask any analyst who they would choose between Michael Penix and Bo Nix, they would probably say neither. And at the very least, they wouldn't give you an answer. Neither one of them did enough to separate themselves from the other. And really, neither one of them did enough to even separate themselves from the rest of the quarterbacks there. I cannot explain to you enough about how they did not reach expectations. Yes, of course, we're going to have high expectations for Michael Penix and Bo Nix. But as Ray said, talked with Ray, uh, you imagine hearing this sentence. The guy that was in the national championship and was in the running for a Heisman was disappointing at the senior bowl. That's a sentence that shouldn't come out of your mouth. And so it is, it is just not good to see the way Michael Penix and Bo Nix played. Anthony makes a good point. It's hard to diagnose QB play with a new wide receiver O-line and everything. This is true, but they do a ton of practicing, not against defense, just against air. And even then you saw multiple overthrows and miscues from these quarterbacks. It just like, I can't name a single play from Michael Penix, from Bo Nix, where I was like, oh, wow, that was a really good play. That was a really nice throw. Genuinely didn't see it one time. That's a really big concern to me. And as you'll hear later, none of those guys were my all-senior bowl quarterback. Couldn't do it. But we'll talk about the other ones as well. So, yes, Michael Penix and Bo Nix were a disappointment. But what about Sam Hartman? And, well, Sam Hartman, he was totally fine. The guy isn't, you know, a prototypical quarterback really at all, but he did, you know, play okay. That like like I said, the other guys were a disappointment. He was just, you know, kind of fine, kind of there. He made a couple of good throws, had some scrambling, which was kind of the big takeaway. When I talk about Sam Hartman, I didn't expect as many wheels on him, but he scrambled a bit and scrambled more than the other quarterbacks there and you saw it in the game as well as Michael Penix pulled out and Bo Nix didn't get many uh many snaps really you kind of got to see what Sam Hartman can do and it wasn't a lot we saw not a lot of points be scored in this senior bowl for a reason uh and yeah the quarterback play really just across the board was not good I I I just I it, he was fine looked bad in the game as Emmanuel says like it, it I'm just I'm being nice here and just saying fine I'm not expecting much of a floor or even a ceiling from him but he'll probably get drafted Really not much to talk about with these quarterbacks. The where we need to go with this, and this is going to be both teams, these running backs. The big takeaway here, you might have heard it if you listen to the Roster Watch Player Profiler crossover episode we did from the Senior Bowl last week. The big takeaway from the Senior Bowl in general is that every single running back is hashtag good at football. Every single one. Every single running back at the Senior Bowl was good. I, I, I have no bad things to say about any of these running backs really at all. And they did it in all facets. Yes, these drills are going to make you look like a better pass catcher. Again, I mentioned they did a lot against the air. And a lot of what the, drill, the drills that they used for these running backs were pass catching drills, whether it be against a linebacker 1v1 or just the quarterbacks being too scared to take shots, so they would continuously dump it off to the running backs. Again, the quarterbacks did not play well. All we really got to see from quarterbacks was throwing it to running backs, throwing it to tight ends, and throwing it to the underneath wide receiver. Very rarely did we see any shots get taken, unless it was a drill purposefully meant to take a deep shot. And that's why I talk about these running backs, because Marshawn Lloyd, Isaiah Davis, and Kamani Vidal, and Dylan Lau, all of them really good pass catchers. And unfortunately for me, I did show up late uh, on Tuesday, as as I mentioned on Monday's episode, I was a bit sick, so I just decided to leave Tuesday morning, get some rest. Uh, so I didn't get to catch Rasheen Ali before he got injured. Uh, but even I heard he did really, really well. And uh, Cody Carpentier put him on uh, his RB3 from the whole week, just off that one day of practice. So you need to go trade in your dynasty leagues for your third round picks, fourth round picks, fifth round picks 
all of these running backs, if I were to start, I haven't started my rankings yet, but when I do that, I'm going to put all of these running backs at the senior bowl, even on this American roster too. I'm going to put them ahead of a ton of wide receivers. Like it's going to go obviously like the top tier. And then it's just going to be these running backs one after another, one after another, one after another, because they were all so good and not even like going to be landing spot dependent. Like these are true certified running backs and to another level fantasy football running backs, especially, especially, Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd, I named my running back one from the weekend. He's my all-senior bowl offense. And the way I said it in the video and in the article, it was a lot easier to decide who the best running back at the senior bowl was than who the second best running back was. Marshawn Lloyd was clear and above the best running back in the field. He was explosive and he carried himself so confidently. In fact, I got the chance to interview him and he called himself not only the best running back at the senior bowl, but the best running back in the draft. And I don't know if I doubt it. This guy certainly has all purpose skill set and is incredibly explosive. You could even see it in his stats. He averaged like 19 yards a catch and averaged 10 yards a carry. I mean, the dude is explosive as hell and he just didn't get any volume at USC. But I think at the NFL level, if he can get some volume, he'll be dangerous. And I think he'll be dangerous even without volume. You really need to start thinking about Marshawn Lloyd, whether it be go watch some tape or getting some second round rookie picks, because he's going to start creeping up as we get closer to the draft. Because we know Blake Blake Corum and Braylon Allen are right up there at the top, but they don't have the pass catching skill set that Marshawn Lloyd did. He was a super smooth route runner, a very quick runner in general, and a super confident and well-spoken dude. I, the guy impressed me so much. So Marshawn Lloyd, he's amazing. The other running back I really want to shout out specifically is going to be Kamani Vidal. I don't know how to pronounce it, but out of Troy. His height and weight is as such. He's five, seven and a half. So he's a small dude, but then he weighs 215 pounds. And if you go look at pictures of this dude or, you know, had the pleasure of being able to look at him, you can see that being five, seven and 215 pounds, that's a thick guy. And when I was able to interview him, he actually compared himself to Maurice Jones-Drew, which admittedly, uh, you know, one of my favorite running backs given my age and when I grew up watching football, but also just a really good comp. And I love hearing players compare themselves to, you know, good players, of course, but especially ones that aren't like today's stars. Like you hear Dylan Lowby, for example, he was like, oh, I model my game after Christian McCaffrey or Ricky Pearsall. I model my game after Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson. Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that at all. I want to hear you, you know, think a little bit harder about your answer instead of just telling me the biggest star of today's football. And so Kamani Vidal, you know, digging into, I know, an all-pro, pro bowl, all-star running back, Maurice Jones-Drew. It's not like it's like a, a sneaky pick, but still digging a bit deeper and finding a good comparison for him. And Maurice Jones-Drew, as Anthony pointed out, was a bowling ball. And that's what Kamani Vidal showed in practice. I mean, he had one time in the game where he could should have got a touchdown, like a one-yard carry, and he did it. But, you know, the defensive lines, especially on the American team that he was running against in the game, had Tavondre Sweat. So, I mean, it's going to be hard to run the ball, uh, especially against Tavondre Sweat. But his frame and the way, you know, his comparison was just impressive to me. So Kamani Vidal is a guy I'm keeping my eye on as well. A lot of people talked about Dylan Laub going into this. I know myself included were very excited about the pass catching prowess. He had like a 260 receiving yard game uh, last season, but I don't know. I mean, he's going to do really well at the NFL level, but I don't know if he like necessarily stood out much more than the other guys as a pass catcher. But given he is from a smaller school, it was good. I would still say he's probably the best pass catcher out of the bunch, maybe behind Marshawn Lloyd. Um, which is still really good given he's from a smaller school. And I'm sure Dylan Laup will still be someone that gets drafted high and is fantasy football relevant. I'm just not sure if he's as much of a standout as I wanted him to be and as much of a standout as a lot of people are saying. Just being honest, just being honest, he did have one really deep route uh, that he, you know, beat an actual corner and caught it as a touchdown. I mean, that was like one play that kind of stuck out to me. But otherwise, I mean, like, like I said, all of these running backs were good. So it was kind of hard to stick out. And I don't know if he really was like, 
you know, Christian McCaffrey, like he compared himself to. He, he just wasn't. He just wasn't. And he's also the guy on the thumbnail, by the way, if you look at it. He's the guy next to Michael Penix. But anyway, again, all the running backs good. Even Isaiah Davis. I know I didn't mention him, but he looked really good as well, being from South Dakota State. I even, you can see on my notes, I wrote 0.0, .0 which is like the, you know, the like, ooh, eyes opening kind of emoji thing. That was, he made a big play when I wrote that. And I was like, okay, pretty good. But the wide receivers on the national team, they were also really good. And we'll, of course, start with Roman Wilson, who I named my wide receiver one from the event on my all-senior bowl offense. Roman Wilson was head and shoulders the best wide receiver there. I know a lot of people are going to talk about Lad McConkey, who surely did show up. Um, but Roman Wilson was just phenomenal. He was an incredible route runner. And I mean an incredible route runner. And it wasn't just the underneath stuff. This guy was beating people deep. He was beating people short. He was beating people intermediate. He was beating people on the sideline. Roman Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, is a true like stud wide receiver, not just a slot guy, not just a wide receiver two guy. Like Roman Wilson has alpha ceiling. He really does. I don't know if he'll actually get that at the NFL level, but he's that good of a player. You saw the one-handed grab. You saw the, the toe taps. I mean, it was highlight catch after highlight catch. And he did so well that he opted out of the third day of practice and didn't play in the game. He did enough. And the guy was just so good. I, I literally cannot speak enough about how good Roman Wilson looked and was at the Senior Bowl. And he interviewed well. He talked about, I talked about kind of my, my, the, uh, the comparison thing that rubs me the wrong way when people say bad players or, you know, really, really good players. <laughs> Roman Wilson did the opposite. Roman Wilson was asked who he would compare himself to. And he said, I hate saying it, but maybe Stefan Diggs and a little bit of like Nicole Hardman. And I actually like that. Someone was like, don't say Nicole Hardman. But, you know, Nicole Hardman has shown some flashes and is a decent football player. And then to also throw in the Stefan Diggs, but, you know, a little hesitant about saying Stefan Diggs. I like that answer a bit more than just saying, oh, I'm the next Justin Jefferson. So anyway, he interviewed well. Really good to talk to. He shouted out my sister, which was really nice. As you guys know, we're Michigan fans. So I, I got him to say shout out Maddie for my little sister. She was so excited. So anyway, loved myself some Roman Wilson. The other wide receivers I want to shout out here, and I might just go every single one. I I'm just going to talk about every single one. Here's what we got. Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. Unfortunately for him, he had a very, very good senior bowl. And then on the third day, he had to get carted off. Uh, it looked like a knee injury, if I'm going to be totally honest with you. He could not put any pressure on, I if I remember correctly, it was his right knee. He could barely walk. He was limping and even struggled getting into the golf cart. Uh, he was clearly hurt. And it came after a really good catch as well. So Jacob Cowling, he's really small. He's 5'8", 165 pounds. In fact, I was very surprised when I interviewed him. I was like, like, I'm 5'9", so I was like, you know, taller than him. <laughs> and it was a little, you know, off-putting, uh, but still a really good football player. Showed up every single day, really solid route runner. Uh, hopefully he can recover well. I don't know if the details of his injury are out yet, uh, but someone that might get drafted late and in the right landing spot could be used well. I think something like a, like a Rondale Moore ceiling is probably what I would be looking at. Something like him. He did compare himself to Tyler Lockett when I spoke to him, which is a fun one. Uh, he's definitely going to have to add some weight there, but he was a good route runner, kind of like Tyler Lockett, and could be sneaky, almost like a T.Y. Hilton as well. I, I, those are some comps to, that I'm kind of thinking of the more I talk about it. Anyway, hope he recovers well. Really good performance from him every single day. Just not like a true standout, but definitely good. Kind of like the all of these guys are pretty good, to be honest. Uh, Ricky Pearsall out of Florida. This was another guy. He's he uh, stopped practicing. He didn't do day three. And generally when players stop practicing at the senior bowl, it means that they've heard something from their agent that, you know, they're, they've done enough and that they don't have to do more and that they're probably going to get drafted a bit high. But I don't know. I don't know if Ricky Pearsall was as good as a lot of people are suggesting. He was still very, very good and showed some flashes, but he was also clamped on a couple plays that I remember specifically. I even published one on my Twitter. He did bounce back and uh, outside of being clamped and had some good plays. And he's also pretty all-purpose. He's six foot and where's his weight? He's 193. That's about right. 
Um, so he's a, he can do a bit more, but I don't, I, I, I would like, he's someone that I want to see his landing spot. We know that at Florida, he's had some good quarterbacks and everything, but his stats necessarily weren't the best. So I'm I'm a little bit more hesitant on Ricky Pearsall compared to a lot of people at the Senior Bowl. I think he played well, but I don't know if he was one of the true standouts. And I certainly don't think he did enough to sit out day three. I would have liked to see a bit more. But he was certainly one of the better wide receivers there. I would probably go Roman Wilson, Brendan Rice, Malachi Corley. Uh, Tez Walker, Luke McCaffrey, and then Ricky Pearsall. And that's me putting even like Javon Baker, I might even put ahead of Ricky Pearsall. So I don't know. I, I It was a weird one to me. But anyway, he still performed really well. I like his size. Uh, but he was the guy that compared himself to Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson. Just kind of rubbed me wrong. I don't know. Luke McCaffrey, though, out of Rice. As we saw, he was able to flash in the game, but don't fall for that. He was only flashing in the game because Ricky Pearsall pulled out. Roman Wilson pulled out. Uh, you know, like they didn't, they weren't practicing <laughs> or they weren't in the game. So he was able to find himself in the situation to where he could play a bit more. I think Malachi Corley even didn't play either. So uh, that's why he was okay at practice, but he certainly wasn't a standout. He's someone that definitely will have to be a project but I like his frame a lot. Mike Tomlin was someone that was watching him closely. And while I talk about Mike Tomlin, just quick little clap shout out to Mike Tomlin. This is a guy who's just always front and center at these events. I even saw him at UGA's pro day last year. I mean, he is just always there as a head coach putting in the dirty work. So just want to shout him out. But Luke McCaffrey, he's someone that's going to have to be a project. I do think that he will be good no matter where he goes. So I don't think Luke McCaffrey is landing spot dependent like a Ricky Pearsall might be, but he will take some time and I'm not expecting really any production right out the gate, but he clearly, you know, being a former quarterback understands coverages and everything like that. And he was a good route runner and showed some good, strong hands. So Luke McCaffrey is actually someone that maybe didn't pop at senior bowl during the practices or anything, but did enough to where I'm a little bit excited about him long-term. And I'm going to say kind of the same about Brendan Rice. Brendan Rice was the best looking wide receiver. Like if you went out to the senior bowl, lined up all the wide receivers, you would point at Brendan Rice and say, you're the alpha wide receiver here. But he didn't necessarily show it all that make that would make him like the best wide receiver there. I ended up making him my wide receiver too, uh, ahead of Lad McConkey, which is pretty controversial given what everyone is saying about Lad McConkey. But Brendan Rice, to me, being 6'2", 212 pounds, he actually, like, going into this experiment, right, everyone was like, Xavier Leggett, he's the next DK Metcalf. Brendan Rice actually kind of looked like DK Metcalf. He was shredded, he was tall, and he moved quick. But he wasn't necessarily fluid. He was a good route runner, not a great route runner. And his best routes were his deeper routes. Uh, he was okay short. He did some slants and, of course, has some really strong hands because he's a strong guy. But his best usage is medium to deep. And so I think he's a guy that could actually end up being a wide receiver one down the line. Probably more of like a T. Higgins type career arc where he's a wide receiver two to an alpha and is really good. I loved watching Brendan Rice play. And he was probably the one that I went, ooh, ooh, ah, you know, the most to. Like it was just like when I say looked the part, like just just looks alone. Brendan Rice is like the wide receiver that you want. It was incredible to watch. There were a couple drops uh, off of him, not a ton, but a couple, especially one touchdown that has just burned into my memory. Should have had, per like, I don't mean like it hit him like right here. It wasn't even like a, like up. It was like a right here and he dropped it. But you know, that happens. I know the football is getting bigger and they're practicing. I haven't worked with this quarterback a ton, all that stuff. But either way, had a couple drops, but won a ton deep, especially post routes. It was incredible to watch those in particular. Really, really good cut. Like if you talk about one cut, that's Brendan Rice. Was really good. Um, really, really good. Devontae Walker. He's 6'1, 197 pounds, and he was probably the wide receiver that won the most but he dropped the most. Devontae Walker has a drop problem, a drop problem. He was easily, easily the guy winning the most, uh, When especially when you talk about the deeper routes. I mean, he was burning coverage left and right, 
and then dropping passes left and right. It was every time you looked at him, he's like, he should get it. And then he doesn't like I, I'm talking, he probably had like a 20, 30% catch rate at this thing. Again, the football is getting bigger. So I can understand why you're going to have some drop problems, but still he really did have a drop problem. And so I'm concerned about it. Uh, but I think, you know, with practicing in time, I mean, we know Jamar chase uh, had some issues with that. So I'm not going to write him off completely, especially with how good of a route runner he was and how often he got open. I really do think he could be dangerous at the next level. When I spoke with him, he actually said he wants to be a complimentary wide receiver. I talked to him. I said, Hey, you know, like your best season was when you and Josh Downs were teammates. Do you view yourself as someone who could just be a really good complimentary wide receiver? And he was like, yeah, that's actually kind of what I hope for. I would love to be able to learn from a really good wide receiver one and be just in a complimentary role to them. I think I could excel in an offense like that. And I wouldn't doubt it, um, especially if he could figure out the drop issues. I think he could do really, really well against cornerback twos and threes specifically. I just don't know if he ever is going to have that alpha capability. He definitely didn't show any contested catchability. Um, uh, but it was just frequently getting open. Emmanuel says he didn't have a drop problem in college. Yeah, ex exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to write him off completely yet. I know the football is getting bigger and it's just going to take some time. But when I talk about a drop problem, I'm not over exaggerating it. Like it was like, it was like, it, it, I, I don't know if it was nerves or what, but like he, like it, it was a drop after drop after drop. So it was an issue. Malachi Corley. This is the guy that was actually voted by the national team defense, the all national team wide receiver. They had the defense vote for everyone on the offense to represent them or whatever. The quarterback was Penix. The running back was Marshawn Lloyd. And the wide receiver was Malachi Corley. Malachi Corley is what everyone wants to be. Debo Samuel. He's a yak guy out of Western Kentucky. Uh, he's 5'10", 215 pounds. So smaller, but then built out and really strong. And that's how they used him. Because he's such a gadgety player, he didn't get to flash a ton. But I remember one really long end around that he had. It was a beautiful end around. Uh, you know, took it for like 30, 40 yards. He had a couple good catches. Remember, a touchdown catch as well. He kept showing up. And then if the national team defense voted him the best wide receiver there, that means, you know, it was hard to cover him. He maybe wasn't targeted a ton uh, because of all the other wide receivers that were there, but the defense certainly recognized his route running capabilities and his receiving after catch abilities that he was named the best wide receiver there. And I don't doubt it. I really don't. I didn't get to see a ton from him um in outside of like that end around and a couple catches. Again, Roman Wilson was there. Brendan Rice was there. And there was just a lot of wide receivers that were getting targets. Uh, but he's a really thick dude, a really strong dude, and interviewed really, really well. Very well-spoken guy. And I will also add probably the nicest, maybe not nicest, Ben Sinnott. I talked to Kansas State. He just has like sweetheart energy. But Malachi Corley was super kind, super, super kind. He was the only one. No, one more, one guy later did, but he was the first one to ask me how I was doing when I interviewed him. And that just rubbed me the right way. And I was like, oh, thanks, man, for asking, you know, how I'm doing. He was like, oh, dude, of course, you know, this isn't just about me. We're all in this together. And I just really liked that outlook on everything. And Malachi Corley also looked really good on the field. So he's someone I'm definitely keeping my eye on from being a really good interview on top of a really good football player. I think if he can land in the right system, he could be dangerous. I'm not ever going to say he's Debo Samuel. As you guys know, I'm like the biggest Debo Samuel fan in the world. But I mean, he could definitely be like a Debo Samuel light. He was really good after the catch in college. Breaks a lot of tackles. He's strong. I mean, a very similar frame. So I think, you know, with the right landing spot, he could maybe get that. I just don't necessarily think it's that high of a ceiling when you say Debo Samuel. Uh, like, I, I don't think best football player in the field type ceiling for Malachi Corley, but certainly a really good football player that I'm going to keep my eye on and want to draft. And the last wide receiver is Javon Baker. Uh, let's see. These are my notes from day two. And I wrote targets. So I guess on that day, he got targeted a lot, which is something I like to keep track of. Targets are earned. And if you're getting open, that means something. So Javon Baker out of UCF, he's 6'1", 208 pounds. And he flashed a little bit every single day as well. He's someone I want to see the landing spot a bit more for, but still really good football player. 
flashed more than a few times and someone I'm keeping my eye on. I mean, really all these wide receivers were really good. Just the ones I want to see landing spots for are Jacob Cowing, Ricky Pearsall, Tez Walker, Malachi Corley, and Javon Baker. I think Roman Wilson, Brendan Rice, and Luke McCaffrey will succeed no matter where they go. And I know it's weird throwing Luke McCaffrey in there, but that's because I'm throwing time into the equation. I think Luke McCaffrey is going to be a guy that will start to show out year three uh, and actually be pretty good for wherever he is. He just is just something in the way he, he carried himself and all that stuff that I just really, really liked him. Uh, tight ends. And this will be quick. Theo Johnson, clear standout tight end. Easy. Theo Johnson, he's 6'6", 257 pounds with 10-inch hands. Absolute monster in frame. And then also the fastest tight end there. They were flashing like how fast the their recorded times were. And he actually got uh, clocked in over 18 miles per hour, which was the fastest speed of any tight end through the whole week. And he's 6'6", 260 pounds. And he had incredible hands. Theo Johnson was catching almost every single ball that went his way. He wasn't getting a ton of separation, but you don't necessarily need to at that frame. There were a couple that were knocked out, but for the most part, I mean like 85, 90% catch rate. And he was at least getting open, maybe not a ton of separation, but open. And so Theo Johnson, he's the guy I named my all senior bull tight end. Definitely keeping an eye on him. He'll succeed wherever he goes with that size and that speed. It's going to be hard to fail. I don't know if he'll ever be like an alpha tight end, but he's certainly a guy that could have some explosions and a couple like definitely be a red zone threat. So I think with the right landing spot could be fantasy football relevant. And another guy didn't flash as much, but Brevin Spanford, he was the biggest tight end there. So he's six, six and a half. And then 267 pounds, so half an inch taller, 10 pounds heavier than Theo Johnson. And my funniest interview from the week is Brevin Spanford at the media breakfast. Uh, he's sitting down when I go up to him, <laughs> when I go up to him, and uh, he's like, oh, let me stand. And I'm already recording, and you just see him stand. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're huge. I have never felt so small. I have never felt so small than, than when I was standing next to Brevin Spanford out of Minnesota. Uh, he didn't, again, he didn't flash as much. I would probably put him at my tight end three from the week, but uh, he'll be a red zone threat. He was a really good blocker and he's huge. So he'll at least get drafted and on the right team could end up being relevant. Although I view him more as like a tight end two who could maybe catch some touchdowns every once in a while. Um, and then uh, AJ Barner, fine. I'm not even, you know, he was fine. He's not going to really be anything. Tight end three, tight end two probably is what I'm expecting from AJ Barner. Um, so yeah, let's see. That is everything I have for you guys on the national team. Again, no quarterback standouts. Marshawn Lloyd was the best running back. Roman Wilson and Brendan Rice were the best wide receivers. And Theo Johnson was the best tight end on the national team in my eyes, in my eyes. Let's go ahead and move on to the American team. And I got to catch all three full practices for this one. So I've got a bit more to say, uh, but, you know, we'll go through just like we did with the national team. At quarterback, again, again, these quarterbacks were not great. They really weren't. And especially on the American team, when I talked about on the national team, they kind of were scared to take some shots. That was especially true on the American team. Spencer Rattler in particular only through to his running backs and underneath wide receiver uh, on days one and day two, except for he would sometimes throw to Xavier Leggett since they were teammates in college. They already had that connection, but otherwise he was very scared to take any shots. He frequently locked onto his first read, stayed in the pocket too long and quickly gave up on his patience and scrambled if, if his first read wasn't there. So Spencer Rattler was incredibly disappointing to me days one and day two. Day three, he clearly had a little bit of a confidence boost as he actually started taking some shots. He had two back-to-back -to -back touchdown throws to Jamari Thrash, and they were both really good throws. And he scrambled really well. So Spencer Rattler, not great day one and day two, but day three as he got more confident, probably the better quarterback out of these. And believe it or not, despite being six foot right on the dot, Spencer Rattler was actually the heaviest quarterback uh, despite being the shortest at the senior bowl. So he may be small, but he does have some size to him. And he was really quick. 
Uh, I know I mentioned that he, you know, stayed in the pocket too long and locked on to his first read more often than not, but he was a good scrambler. And when his confidence built, he did throw a little bit better. So I think on the right team with some right time, I could see a Desmond Ritter uh, type career path. I know that that's not what you want to hear, but that's not bad, right? That's a guy that could be drafted third, fourth round, uh, and then maybe end up starting for a season. Like, I don't think he's going to have a long career or anything like that, but I certainly think he's done enough to get drafted decently high and maybe have a chance to start on a team that's missing a quarterback due to injury or something like that. Joe Milton, probably the biggest disappointment of the entire senior bowl. I've got to say it. Uh, I was so excited to see him, excited to watch that arm that everyone talked about, you know, the strongest arm we've ever seen, some were saying, like even stronger than Josh Allen. The guy didn't put it on display at all. And it was funny. Cody actually interviewed him and was like, when are you going to show us his arm, your arm? And Joe Milton's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I don't even throw that hard. And then he asked, well, have you ever hurt any players? He broke two of his teammates' fingers in high school, is what Joe Milton said, which is just crazy. But we didn't see that. We didn't see that at all. There were a couple passes that he maybe zipped, but he barely took, he didn't take any deep shots. And if he did, it wasn't over. No, not I don't remember any deep shots. I don't remember a single deep shot from him. Um, and it, it just wasn't good. And his scrambling wasn't that great either. Like Joe Milton, big faller for me. I'm not going to lie here. He didn't show me anything really to get excited about. Even his read option. He did a read option, guys. And it was probably the worst sold read option ever. Like you could tell from the second the ball was snapped that it was not going to the running back. Like he was already looking at his path. So I just, I know that's something that can be coached, but I am not excited about Joe Milton. He did not show anything. I wanted to see some arm strength and he just didn't show it. Michael Pratt, also not that good. Uh, Yeah, just not that good. Uh, Fumbled a snap, I even remember. Just didn't really have much confidence. You saw it in the game, didn't really do much either. Just uh, fine, fine. And the quarterback to me, believe it or not, Believe it or not, my standout quarterback, the one I put on my all-senior bowl offense, Bradley Carter out of Southern Alabama, Gus Bradley's son. He was the second tallest, the, the third biggest uh, at 218 pounds, 6'3", and he was fine. In fact, maybe expectations come into this here, but I didn't have any expectations for Bradley Carter, and maybe that's why I thought he was good. But what I liked the most about him was poise and confidence. I mentioned that all the quarterbacks here were scared to take some shots. Carter Bradley really wasn't. And maybe that was he wanted to prove himself. But he was actually pushing the ball downfield, made some good throws, also had some good decision making. Yes, he threw to running backs in his underneath routes a lot. But he also, it wasn't ever really his first read. Like you could actually see him going through the progressions and everything. And I know part of that's going to be Coach's son, especially Gus Bradley's son. But he's a really good processor. He really, really is. And I don't know if it was him wearing the 12, the Tom Brady 12, that made me like him so much. But I was just impressed by him every single day. I'm not, I'm not thinking that he's ever going to be a starter or anything like that. But I do think he's a guy that could be a really good quarterback, too, for a team. If anyone gets injured, I do think he could go in and at least keep games close, maybe win a couple, uh, because he was good. Like, he was genuinely good. A pocket passer, really only, but he was making good decisions, had some zip on his throws, especially in the seam. He had really good at finding receivers in the seam, which is actually pretty difficult to do. One of my favorite plays was his. He threw it through like six defenders right into the hands of his wide receiver. And he was throwing on the money a lot. Like he was really accurate. Even on day three, he started throwing some sidearm passes, getting confident out there. So Carter Bradley was actually a really big standout quarterback for me. I don't think he'll be a starter anywhere. And I don't think he's going to get drafted that high. But I think he could get drafted in this fifth, sixth round and be a quarterback too for, I mean, years. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about like, Carter Bradley is like a Brian Hoyer, right? That just keeps bouncing around, good in the locker room, good when he has to be, but not much more than that. And that's not bad. That's really not bad. So Carter Bradley, a guy that really impressed me. Anthony says, do you think any of these guys tell them not to take chances to not hurt their draft stock, just given the overall performance of the group? This is definitely true to an extent, but also I do think it's important 
to show, you know, coaches that you can take those shots, especially, you know, in practice reps. Like they're not going to dock you for interceptions in these practices and everything, especially if they know like, you know, all right, he was just trying to show us something there. Uh, and so I, I think that they could have done a bit more. And even like Michael Penix, for example, uh, we'll go back to the national team when they were doing like deep route, just drills and you had to throw a deep, he was overthrowing. Like it was just like when they finally did take shots, it wasn't even good. I remember a couple times on the national, on the American team, it was underthrows. I mean, like it was just like it never ever like these shots never happened, and it was just hard to watch. And all the good catches that you saw from this weekend were from bad throws. Like I had a Marcus Roseme Jack Saint one-handed catch, terrible throw from Joe Milton. The Roman Wilson one-handed catch, terrible throw from Michael Penix. I mean, like all of the flashes from these wide receivers were because the quarterbacks were bad. So it was just kind of depressing when you, when you watch that, but that's kind of what led, you know, to the wide receivers, especially like Glad McConkey kind of showing out. Uh, but to the running backs here on the American roster, Michael Wiley from Arizona, he was the one that was actually voted the American team running back by the defense and Michael Wiley is clearly the best pass catcher in this bunch easily. And you can see it on his tape. Uh, over the last three years at Arizona, uh, he has had at least 28 receptions and 297 receiving yards in each season. He's a receiving back. He was a really good route runner, had really good hands, good in pass protection, and an okay running back. So I don't think Michael Wiley is going to be a guy that will start but I do think he's a guy that'll get drafted maybe fourth round and end up on a team that needs a pass catcher and will be fantasy football relevant. I think he's a guy like a Samaj AP Ryan would kind of be when I give these comps, by the way, I'm not talking size and speed and all that stuff. Just kind of career is what I'm thinking when I give these comps, just like what you could kind of expect from this player. Uh, that is maybe what I would see from a Michael Wiley, 5'10", 210 pounds so good size, good speed good catching, like a good receiving running back. That's what Michael Wiley is. He's not shifty. He's not that shifty, but he's a good, really good receiving back. So I like Michael Wiley a lot. He was the running back that flashed first for me, the first one that caught my eye and the first guy I got to interview. So that'll always hold a special place in my heart. Michael Wiley, good kid, liked him a lot, performed well, very excited to see where he lands. Imani Bailey, 5'7", 208 pounds out of TCU. Good route runner, good runner. Ever Again, again, every running back at this senior bowl was good. Every single one. So if you see any, like the draft comes by and there's a, like start thinking about this now, actually. Everyone, everyone listening, start thinking about it now. What's a good, like what's your favorite landing spot for an all-purpose running back that can sometimes carry and most of the time go into pass catch. That's what all of these running backs are going to do. They're going to be drafted in these mid to late rounds, and they're going to be utilized for 35% of snaps wherever they land. And so when I talk about these guys, just start thinking about, you know, if a landing spot that you'd want to see them go to. Because I'm going to, like, Amani Bailey, Isaiah Davis, Dylan Lowby, Ray Davis, Cody Schrader, all of those running backs are basically the same. Whoever gets like the best landing spot is going to be the best one for fantasy football. So just start thinking about your landing spots now, guys, because these running backs are all good, like really good, really good running backs. So whoever gets a nice landing spot, they're going to be special. So Amani Bailey, and he was the guy who actually flashed the most in the game. Amani Bailey was good all week. He had some incredible runs, some incredible catches. I mean, again, every running back good, was good here. Ray Davis, same thing. Some incredible runs, some incredible catches. It was it was amazing. Cody Schrader, he's probably the more mid one out of these. Uh, he, he had some really big uh, legs, but it was mostly thighs. 5'8", 207 pounds. It was just eh from him, but also still good. Good pass catching, good pass blocking, good running, but no like huge flash plays. Like you actually saw some really big flash plays from Michael Wiley, from Amani Bailey, from Ray Davis, from Dajan Edwards. You didn't really see that from Cody Schrader, but you saw good plays from Cody Schrader, just not great plays. 
the but the running back to me that stood out the most from the American team is Dajan Edwards out of UGA. He's 5'9, 202 pounds, so he's a bit smaller. But Dajan Edwards, and if you listen to the Roster Watch video last week, the day one recap, Alex Dunlap called him Mr. Vision, and that's the best way to put it. Dajan Edwards was the most patient runner and the best runner there on both teams. The best runner. And he was a good pass catcher. And you could see it. He had 13 rushing touchdowns for UGA last year and five games with two touchdowns. Five games with at least two touchdowns. Dajan Edwards is a very explosive, capable, and above all, patient running back. Dajan Edwards, I named my RB2 from the Senior Bowl. I think this is a guy, doesn't matter where he lands. Dajan Edwards will be the perfect, perfect running back to no matter where he goes. I was kind of thinking about who I could compare him to in terms of running, and I kind of went to Sony Michelle when he was good. Just a guy who waits for the holes to open and then explodes. And that's what Dajan Edwards did time and time again. He always found the open hole at the right time, at the right place, every single time. There was even a time he was running out right, got totally blown up. Again, practicing against Tavondre Sweat, the American team had to do. Totally blown up on the right side. He quickly cuts to the left, runs all the way back around, and gets like 20 yards. He was so patient, had so much vision, so good. I loved myself some Dajan Edwards. I think he'll be good no matter where he lands. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's drafted in like round three, round four at the latest. This is a guy that will produce no matter where he lands. Very excited. And he was the one running back I saw make one-handed catches. Uh, So that says something to me confident, can catch, can run really well, and was a solid route runner. Again, every single one of these running backs were good route runners and catchers, but the best runner was Dajan Edwards on both teams. I know I talked about Marshawn Lloyd being the best running back, like if I'm going to choose the standout, but if I'm choosing the runner, just the guy who carries the ball the best, it's Dajan Edwards. He was so good this week. So, so good. So make sure you keep your eye on him. And then wide receiver here, This one is less to talk about here. I'm not even going to lie, but we'll go wide receiver by wide receiver. Anaya Smith, he was really good. 5'9", 190 pounds. He was getting open pretty much all the time. Um, Good, but a little small and didn't flash as much as some of the other wide receivers, but was certainly getting there. What's interesting about Anaya Smith is he is dual eligibility. He's a wide receiver running back. I do think he would probably be best suited switching to running back, if I'm going to be honest with you. But he was a good route runner for sure, had some good hands, and was getting open a lot. A sneaky route runner for sure. Liked him, uh, but not necessarily a standout uh, outside of some of these, especially compared to some of these. Uh, Marcus Roseme Jackson. He was someone who was pretty good all week. Uh, I know that going in, a lot of people weren't too excited about him, but he was actually pretty solid. Had a one-handed grab at one point. Uh, Not the best route runner, but probably, I would say probably the best like contested catcher. I I don't want to say George Pickens, but that's literally the number he was wearing in same college. He didn't get really any separation ever, but he was making some decent catches, was strong, uh, and pretty good. So uh, he's going to be a landing spot guy, Marcus Ro- Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, but pretty solid. Uh, Jamari Thrash out of Louisville, 5'11", 185 pounds. Someone already said that he was really, really good this week uh, in this chat. And that's pretty true. Um, he was probably like the most like fun. I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Probably the most fun route runner to watch. He, was, he had some really great moves. Really quick, really shifty, getting open a ton. The only problem is he did also struggle with drops similar to Devontae Walker, although nowhere near as bad because Jamari Thrash also had some really good catches, but also some drops. So that's something that's going to have to get worked on for sure. But he was getting open a ton. And this is a guy that I do think will succeed no matter where he goes. Jamari Thrash, super quick, super great route runner. Uh, and was especially winning in this medium to deep area. Explosive for sure. So Jamari Thrash, someone you definitely have to keep your eye on here. Jaquan Jackson out of Tulane. He was the smoothest route runner. He was so fun to watch. 
it was like skates almost. Like if you're going to choose someone who looked the most like Tank Dell, like if you want to draw the senior bowl parallel, it's Jaquan Jackson out of Tulane, 5'9", 190 pounds. He didn't have a ton of big plays, but he had a couple and he was a really good route runner, uh, especially with his feet. Lots of stutter steps, lots of just quick little moves that you're not really expecting. Super fun to watch. A little small, a little small. Uh, at 5'9", 190 pounds, didn't look that tall or that heavy, if I'm going to be honest with you, but looked good all week, but not necessarily great all week. It was just someone that I kept going, hmm, that looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. So I'm curious to see where he lands for sure. The wide receiver that actually stood out the most to me outside of Lad McConkey is Ryan Flournoy out of Southeast Missouri. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. But when I first saw him, when I first rolled up, I thought he was Xavier Leggett, who is 6'2", 220 pounds. So he's only 6'1", 200, but he looks taller and he looks stronger and he looks bigger. And he plays bigger, faster, and stronger than that as well. Ryan Flournoy was a very, very impressive wide receiver, despite being from Southeast Missouri State. And what's actually pretty interesting is he has 10-inch hands. So he's 6'1", but has the same size hands as Theo Johnson, who's 6'6", 260 pounds. Just think about that for a second. And the dude showed it. Like, he had really good catches. And it wasn't even just catches that were really strong. Flournoy was getting open every single play, especially day one. He was the most targeted wide receiver and was good, like, Hashtag good. I think Flournoy is a guy that's going to succeed no matter where he goes. I could see him having like a Romeo Dobbs type career arc, just drafted like fifth, sixth round, and then just is consistently good no matter where he is. And he's a guy that has a very inspiring story as well. I did some research. He went D2 out of high school, didn't get much usage, so actually went the JUCO route, tore his ACL in junior college, came back the next season, led his team in receiving, and was able to get a D1 offer, that Southeast Missouri State. And then he led Southeast Missouri State in back-to-back seasons, has almost 2,000 yards over those two years, uh, and is just really, really good. Really, really good, hard worker. I think Ryan Flournoy is going to be a guy that succeeds no matter where he lands, but he's going to get drafted a bit later, so he's certainly going to be a value. Go ahead and circle Ryan Flournoy on your rookie uh, research for sure. He got invited to the combine, which I think is nice. Uh, and I'm just excited to see what he can do. I interviewed him super down to earth person. Great story. Loved Ryan Flournoy, Johnny Wilson out of Florida state. One of the more disappointing people there. He's six, six, 250 pounds. Sorry, that's not right. That was a tight end 230 pounds. Uh, and he didn't play like it. He moved exactly how you would expect a six, seven player to move super goofy, super funky, uh, but didn't really show any contested catchability, had a couple of drops, really was struggling to get any separation, was not good after the catch. Johnny Wilson hurt his draft stock a lot. And a lot of people are going to say, well, maybe he should transfer to tight end. No, 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 no. He is not built like a tight end at all. So I'm very concerned about Johnny Wilson's future. Xavier Leggett as well was a big disappointment. In fact, he sat out day three, and I'm not sure why, because he was very bad day one, and day two, he was just okay, and only had a couple good catches because of bad throws, uh, and also his connection with Spencer Rattler. Like, all of his catches came from Rattler which is a guy he played with in college. So it just wasn't that good. He sat out day three, uh, but I don't think it was a draft stock thing. I think if anything, it was his agent saying, don't hurt your draft stock anymore. Or maybe he was hurt or something. I don't know, but he was not that good that week uh, and definitely hurt his draft stock in my mind. He did never, he never, I mean, never got separation. He was not quick at all. He was not shifty at all. And he did not look 6'2", 220 pounds. He did not. He looked smaller than that. So Xavier Leggett, big faller for me, unfortunately. And then a huge riser. But I'm not going to get over my skis on him. Lad McConkey. Lad McConkey was incredible. Super smooth route runner. But mostly an underneath to intermediate guy. So I don't think he has this massive ceiling 
at the NFL level. I do think he's going to be really good, and I think he's going to be an instant producer no matter where he lands. But I don't see too much ceiling. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, he could be Cooper Cup. I don't think that's true. I really don't. I think maybe Hunter Renfro was like top 11 season, like when Hunter Renfro was good, is probably where I'd put his ceiling. He's a special teams guy. There was even a play where he was catching punts with a football in each arm. So a football in the right arm, football in the left arm, and then catching it with footballs already in the arm. Incredible display of just uh, uh, whatever. Incredible display. It was nice. Love to see it. But I don't see a ton of ceiling from him. Really good hands, really good route runner, but I don't know if he's, you know, fast enough to be a deep threat and everything. So I very good, best wide receiver on the American roster, uh, but I don't know about all purpose and I don't know about alpha, but definitely a guy who should get some volume and be a producer no matter, no matter where he lands and his special teams capability are going to help him a ton on making a roster. Loved Lad McConkey. But I'm very worried about how much he's going to cost in rookie drafts. If I'm going to be honest with you, everyone loved him. Everyone's hyping him up. He was very good. But I could see him start sneaking into first round, early second round of rookie drafts. And I think there's going to be a ton of value found in rookie drafts this year, especially at the running back position, but probably also some wide receivers late that I don't necessarily think Lad McConkey is going to be worth his rookie draft price. Going to go ahead and say it now. Uh, I know it's controversial at this point in time, given the hype, but I'm getting a little bit too worried about how much hype is there. Uh, but yeah, so that's my thoughts on the wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, just real quick on the tight ends. Jaheim Bell, uh, 6'1", 240 pounds. So when he when you see that for a tight end, you think he's small, and that's true. He was very small for a tight end. It's going to be iffy. This is a guy that needs a good landing spot. Uh, he plays a lot like Chigaquanquo. He has a lot of rushes, actually, on his college stats. He runs the ball a lot, uh, and he's smaller. He's more of a route runner and plays like a wide receiver. Super smooth. My God, Jaheim Bell is smooth. But he had a couple drops. Actually a pretty good blocker despite his size, but I'm not sure. I want to see where he lands. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super confident that he can make it at the next level, especially since we've just seen a lot of these smaller tight ends like Chickaquanko, for example, we get so excited about the athleticism and then they're not really given the chance to display it. So that's what I just want to see where he lands before I get too excited about Jaheim Bell. Uh, Jared Wiley out of TCU, 6'6", 250 pounds. What was interesting about Jared Wiley is he was actually named the best tight end on the American team by the defense. I don't remember the dude doing a single thing. Like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I do not remember the guy doing a single thing. Like, I don't remember a catch. I don't remember a good block. I don't remember a single thing from Jared Wiley. He was tall, 6'6", 250 pounds. Not sure how he got named the best tight end. Because to me, the clear and away, and I mean clear and away, best tight end on the American team, Ben Sinnott out of Kansas State. I mentioned when I interviewed him, he had sweetheart energy, super kind guy. You could just hear it in his voice, but super, super good football player. Like if anyone's going to be anyone, like if, if anyone's going to end up having a high ceiling out of these tight ends, I know I talked about Theo Johnson being my favorite because of the size and the speed, and I think he'll be able to succeed. Ben Sinnott's the guy that has the highest ceiling. Like I could see Ben Sinnott being a guy that's in the league for a long time and just consistently gets you like five catches for 60 yards with a touchdown sprinkled in, you know, like the Dawson Knoxes, the Hayden Hursts, the Cade Ottens, like those tight ends are exactly what I think Ben Sinnott could be. He's 6'4", 250 pounds. So not as tall as some of those guys, but he was an incredible blocker. He was the best route runner out of these tight ends. And he probably had the best hands out of these tight ends. I mean, he consistently was getting open. He was quick. Like, he showed spin moves. He showed stiff arms. He showed jukes. He showed it all. He showed it all. I highly recommend going to my Twitter and finding my most recent video of him. I, it's like a tweet with three of them in there. It's like, that spin move, that route. Like, he was so good. He was strong. He was quick. He had good hands. Ben Sinnott, I named him my honorable mention tight end. I think he has the highest ceiling out of every tight end here. And I think with the right landing spot, he could be someone truly, truly special. Uh, he's new to football as well, from what I came to understand, is he actually used to be a wrestler before trying football. And he was so, so good. Like, consistently making good catches, 
consistently getting open, easily the best route runner with spin moves and jukes and cuts and stiff arms at the at the front of the route. I mean, the guy was incredible. I loved Ben Sinnott. Make sure you remember that name. So that's really everything, guys. If you want a bit more in-depth on some of my standouts, again, I'm having a video get published later uh, on my All-American offense, but the article is out there on playerprofiler.com. It has all my standouts, all the honorable mentions, tons to learn about this senior bowl. If you have any questions, feel free to follow me on Twitter and shoot me a message or something. I'll answer it. I uh, had a really great time at the senior bowl, learned a ton, Highly recommend it to anyone and super thankful for the opportunity. Thank you, Player Profiler, for sending me. This was another great episode of Wake and Take. Before you leave, don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel. Have a magnificent Monday and a wonderful rest of your week. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.